So the concept of wellness has completely saturated American society these days. You see it everywhere. From prominent discussions on sober government websites like the CDC to Gwyneth Paltrow's famous, what many would call infamous, website known as Goop. This is Roland Wilkerson with Novant Health Healthy Headlines. To help cut through the hype and misinformation often rampant around wellness claims today, we spoke with Novant Health integrative medicine expert, Dr. Russell Greenfield, who has some thoughtful advice on evaluating the claims often issued under the broad umbrella of wellness. And we should note that the idea of wellness, taking care of yourself, is at the core of integrative medicine, which focuses on treating the whole patient. I think, you know, it's a little crazy out there. It's a little wild west. There's all many, many, many products and all kinds of things that people are saying we should buy. I think it's most important for listeners to understand, at least in my frame of reference, that health and wellness comes from within. And so really the role of a healthcare practitioner is to bring forth what we were all born with, that innate capacity to heal, to be in balance, to respond well to treatment if it is necessary, and to hopefully stay well through the long haul. We don't need a whole lot of external factors to build up our immune system or things of that nature. We need to participate in healthy means of living. We need to eat relatively well. We need to sleep relatively well. We need to manage our stress. We need to move. There are certain complements to conventional medical care that we might explore, and we need to honor and use conventional medical care where it is necessary. A big part of what we try to do, Roland, is again, make people comfortable with the idea that they don't have to choose between either or. They don't have to choose between conventional medicine and a more natural approach to health and well-being. There's a way to actually combine them. So we try to take that either or, make it and, help people participate more fully in their care, and give them, where possible, a greater sense of control over their future health and well-being. And in, in, like, in a sentence or two, what is wellness? Well, that's a tough one, but I can tell you what we think um, health is in my field. We define health as balance, and balance is dynamic. It changes moment by moment, day by day, but what we really talk about here is resilience, so that whatever comes our way, we can bounce back and get into that space of balance. So it's really comfort, resilience, ease, and what a lot of that means is, again, building up what we were born with. So whether you use the term health or wellness, whatever the case may be, I think it's really more about helping people reach their true potential, and that means each and every one of us, including myself. And I think her point here is that basically the great American money machine has recognized that integrative medicine is catching on, and so you've, you've got uh, some characters who, they're not medical providers, but they're people pushing supplements and, uh, and other things. Um, you know, in in the name of holistic medicine, when in fact it's really not holistic medicine. It's true, and you know, just taking a look at you know, with social media and the internet, and you can find all manner of information, anything that you really want to believe in. To be honest with you, it doesn't necessarily right. mean that it's beneficial for us. So, you know, to the degree that we take a look at things like vitamins, supplements, and herbs, you know, it's fascinating. It is estimated that there are anywhere between seventy and eighty thousand products out there that could be termed vitamins, supplements, and herbs. To be honest with you, my team, myself, the physicians and physician assistants that I work with, and the pharmacists, we believe in perhaps 20, maybe 25 of those products. 
but going into the health food store or even our supermarkets nowadays, and certainly going onto the internet, it would be it would be easy for anybody to be convinced that any one of these things, any one of these seventy thousand things, could be beneficial for me. How do we decide? And does health really come in a bottle? We don't think so, except with rare instances where perhaps a specific medication may be warranted, or even a specific vitamin supplement or herb might be warranted. But the majority of health actually comes from what we were born with. And the goal of a healthcare provider is to bring forth that innate healing capacity to its greatest benefit. And then if we need more than that, we can offer that too. We all need to take additional responsibility, or maybe even most responsibility, for our health and well-being. So that means working with, in my estimation, a good conventional medical practitioner, a good primary care provider, etc. But it also means doing our homework, finding the good resources, finding the good references, finding the good books to listen to, finding the good people to learn from, and doing that in concert with our physicians so that it's not separate. You know, you, people are stuck in this equation of either or. Either they're going to use conventional medicine or they're going to use this complementary, even alternative medicine stuff and that might include vitamins, supplements, and herbs. We try to take that either or and make it an equation that looks more like and. So for an otherwise healthy person, to be honest with you, the best opportunity for us as integrative medicine practitioners is to work with somebody who is already well and see if we can make simple tweaks to their regimen to try and help keep them that way. So does everybody need a vitamin, supplement, and herb? No. There are certain ones that we're a little bit more fond of because it just so happens that people are a little bit more deficient in, let's say, vitamin D as an example. Probiotic therapy may be beneficial for a significant number of people. Women over the age of 40 are more likely to be a little bit low in magnesium, and so we might recommend those things. But beyond that, it's really based on the individual. So to make a blanket statement that everybody requires a multivitamin, or everybody requires calcium, or everybody should take coenzyme Q10, I simply don't agree with that. Gotcha. So let me go. Let me go deep on one little topic because a couple of people I work with mentioned it. Um, all of a sudden, uh, charcoal um, is getting a lot of attention these days. What's your take on that? You know, largely, charcoal is being uh, promoted as a way to detoxify, to get rid of uh, toxins that we're exposed to in the environment, and maybe even certain foodstuffs and things of that nature. Used sparingly, I would say. Um, I don't think it's going to hurt anybody. Um, the downside is to remember, especially if you're taking medication or even vitamins, supplements, and herbs, remember that charcoal was used primarily, and as an emergency physician in my, in my prior life, I can speak to this, it was used to actually um, soak up any toxins that somebody had taken, let's say in a suicide attempt or something like that, to soak up any of that stuff, to soak up the medications that they took too much of because it binds up those things. Now, if you're taking a prescription medication or try and stay well, or even vitamins, supplements, and herbs, remember that charcoal is gonna soak up all of that stuff too, so you're not gonna get the benefit from your medications or even the vitamins and supplements and herbs. When you take a look at the existing research about on charcoal, whether people really need to use it or not, it's really weak. You know, I honestly don't believe that people need to use this. It's one of these, it's not a very nice word, but it really is one of these fads that kind of comes and goes. Do I think that folks need to use charcoal in order to stay well? No. Do I think that people need to do what they can in order to minimize exposure to toxins in the environment? I do. Um, so if you were gonna recommend reading on the whole the topic of integrative medicine, where would you tell listeners to start? I am very biased in this regard, and you should know. So my teacher is a gentleman named Dr. Andrew Weil. I studied with him in the late 1990s. He is 
uh, a best-selling author and has been writing about this for a long time. I actually think his approach is, if you speak to it, you know, people would say, well, he's not conservative, he's an integrated medicine guy. He's very conservative because he says, what could be more conservative than trying to prevent illness in the first place? So he talks about what a healthy diet might be, which is what we term an anti-inflammatory pattern of eating. It's not even a diet. It's a mix of Mediterranean and Asian style fare because we have research suggesting that that can be good for us. He talks about the prudent use of vitamin supplements and herbs. He talks about stress management, getting adequate sleep, using compliments to good conventional care, and using conventional medicine when it is warranted. That seems like a pretty prudent course to move forward. So there are a number of different books out there. I actually think his best has to do with mood, and it's called Spontaneous Happiness. But part of the reason I think it's the best is because he talks about diet. So how can patients, with so many claims out there, and a lot of this stuff, you know, is packaged in a very slick and convincing way, and the internet, it's hard to judge. Um, what's your advice to consumers who uh, read a lot of positive stuff about things, and it, it sounds good to them, um, they figure, why not give it a shot? So to that end, I would say to you listeners that work with your primary care doc. You know, if you bring something up that your doctor has never heard of, if you say, Hey doctor, I've got this cold, what do you think about me using echinacea, this herb that I've heard is good for a cold? Your doctor may say, I don't even know how to spell echinacea, but together we can look it up. That's the kind of partnership you're looking for. They don't necessarily have to know about all this kind of stuff, but they can say, let's look at it together, or I happen to know some good integrative practitioners in this community that I can refer you to. So folks shouldn't have to make these decisions in isolation because sometimes you know, taking an herb when you're on a specific prescription medication may not be safe, may not be in our best interest. Other times it really might be, but you need help, I think any of us need help, in finding the resources, the reference material, and especially the experts that folks can sit down with in order to have a non-judgmental conversation about, hey doctor, what can I do to optimize my health and well-being while maintaining safety and also making it a rational actionable course of action. And so I think it all starts with honestly trust in the primary care folks that we work with and then bringing our questions to them so they can direct us to the folks to really talk to. Even if you're not a physician, you can get access to an incredible amount of science today as an everyday person. And even if you don't understand every word of the, the article, um, you could still get an idea of just how much uh, research has been done. It's a great point, thank you, because you know, uh, the, the manufacturers who do their own research, well, they're kind of biased with the way that they want the outcomes to appear. So we want unvarnished truth. We want the absolute, you know, the, uh, the reality about is this beneficial, is it, is it not beneficial? And so you can search out articles under what's called PubMed, that's P as in Peter, U, B as in boy, M-E-D as in dog. PubMed has all manner of articles. And so let's say as you, nicely stated, you pull off an article about, you know, can echinacea um, cure the common cold? Maybe some of the verbiage in there is not understandable to you. Bring it to your doctor and go over it together. Oh, that's an excellent Bring it idea. to your yeah. pharmacist and say, yeah. does this make sense? 
Um, I have allergies, should I still take this? I'm taking this medication, does it interact? There are other websites you, where you can look up this kind of information, but if you come to an integrative medicine practitioner, most of them will actually give you the websites where you can look up some of this information yourself because it's trusted, it is uh, not biased, and it's really based in a good um, scientific uh, base of evidence. So if you're intrigued by what you just heard and want to learn more, you'll find a podcast we did with Dr. Greenfield on the important role integrative medicine can play in cancer treatment. And further to that point, Novon Health is sponsoring a conference on the benefits of integrative medicine as part of your cancer treatment plan. It runs from 7.30 a.m. to 5 p.m. Saturday, October 26th in Charlotte. The fee is $99.00 includes breakfast and lunch along with an appearance from keynote speaker Dr. Andrew Weil who's known for more or less popularizing the idea of integrative medicine. So whether you're a cancer patient, a cancer survivor, or a family member or friend of someone diagnosed with a disease, come learn about healthy ways to eat, vitamins, and supplements that may be appropriate, and mind and body practices that can promote healing. Thanks so much for listening.